Hey folks, welcome to e-commerce 360. Today we have on our show Brian Cotrell. He is the head of emerging channels and US country manager at Nido. Nido is an e-commerce and business management software. Hey Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. How are you doing? Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful. I'm good. Let's kick off this part by getting to know you first. Tell us a bit about yourself, your journey, what, um, you know, what brought you to NATO. Tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, so I haven't been with Nito too long, um, mm-hmm. just since August. Mm-hmm. Um, I've uh, been working in the uh, e-commerce space, though, for almost 15 years. Wow. So 12 of those years, I was at uh, eBay. Mm-hmm. So working there as a business account manager, then up through um, as a partner manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent three of those years in Sydney, Australia, mm-hmm. uh, which was great and uh, had a great experience there. And that's where I came across Nido uh, in the partner program at eBay. And this was a new and emerging company that had great integrations and um, really, really brought a lot to the table. Mm-hmm. at that time um so yeah and then we crossed paths again uh, just last year um where nito was looking to uh, expand into the united states and i came back on to lead that initiative and uh, have been there been there since then so i also run a, a online business on the side just because i'm familiar with it oh, uh, right. predominantly on on ebay Mm-hmm. But I uh, really enjoy it. I've stayed in the space. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of my journey to where I am now. That's very interesting. So uh, so we have had Shopify, Magento, WooCommerce. There are like a billion e-commerce storefronts out there. How does Nido differentiate itself from the crowd, especially for the Australian market? And given that you have some sort of an e-commerce uh, background and you have your own store. What do you see in Nido that you don't see in other e-commerce storefronts? So Nido, um, first of all, is a very well-organized, integrated end-to-end business software solution. So as we differentiate ourselves from some of those other competitors that you mentioned, the core differences are in the integrations that run the business. So where we differentiate ourselves. So the core parts of running an e-commerce business and a business in general, these features are baked into the base of our, of our software. And so um, while we do have a very robust uh, partner and app uh, environment and ecosystem to help drive new things to the business, the core functions that you need that are critical for a company to grow and to get started and, and throughout the whole life cycle with e-commerce. Uh, we manage those, we integrate those, we, we own those integrations and they're part of that core side. So, and, and it's a less distributed model compared to other competitors, but it's as e-commerce technology has uh, matured, these are the, the core things that are the basis of what every company needs. And, um, the other really, I think, strong differentiator is is that we will um, a lot of our features are are going to help companies as they grow and mature. 
So a company that comes on early in its life cycle to Nido, um, you're going to get these systems that are more enterprise level than maybe you would uh, with other start uh, starting places. And we're also going to be able to grow quite large with you. So we cut down on the need for further you know, changes to the infrastructure and system um, for further uh, development until it reaches a time where you need a really a custom development solution. And we understand that life cycle it's the, and where we stay in it. So, uh, yeah, I, I could talk about this all day, as you can tell, but um, that's that's really the core of it is these core functions that are that are built in. And I should say, like, while we definitely are competitors with, you know, places like Shopify and, and mm -hmm. big commerce and others, we're also partners with them. So mm -hmm. if you have a Shopify um, experience or interface, you know, it's not an either or proposition. So we'll, we'll link you with them and uh, as a marketplace and still use our more robust, more integrated solutions to run the business, if that's what works for you, mm -hmm. or, you know, take the whole thing over to Nido. Uh, we can do either. So it's interesting when you said uh, Nido is built to basically scale, right? So uh, for e-commerce businesses that are looking to scale aggressively, Nido should be their first choice. Also, you mentioned that uh, Nido is in, all integrated with different marketplaces, uh, even with uh, Shopify or BigCommerce. How do you think Nito solves the challenge of multi-channel selling profitably? It could be quite a pain for e-commerce businesses when they have to sell their items to multiple channels, whereas they have to have a central unified system to actually uh, consolidate all of them. How do you see Nito solving uh, this pain point? Because I, I came across that Nido solves this beautifully, uh, you know, by integrating. So just let us uh, let us get into how well they solve it. Great question. So I think so. Two things. So one is with scale. So while Nido in the U.S. is still a relatively new um, market entrant, um, we are the incumbent leader in, in Australia, and, and you know mm -hmm. we represent about ten percent of total addressable e-commerce in the country, and so. That scale is, is key, especially as we own the core experience with our customers. Um, you're getting a pretty wide range of options. The marketplaces are interesting. So while we have the, those core integrations that, that are there, we do have a curated kind of partner experience where those integrations expand to uh, beyond the top tier level of integrations and marketplaces. And the profitability side for us is a key that we really focus on because we are a single, a single backend system that allows a company to integrate to a wide range of marketplaces, but still manage the entire business from a simple interface. And, and when I say manage the entire business, I'm talking about everything from um, warehouse setup, pick, pack, ship to uh, mar multiple marketplaces, multiple website integration, uh, all the CRM, post-transaction shipping, pick, pack, and delivery, and, and onto product acquisition, uh, um, wholesaling, and the B2B side, all from one interface. So, so by doing that, we, we save 
companies a lot of money on these multiple integrations that would normally be required to run all that multiple systems. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, that's where we're, we really are seeing a lot of our growth right now is in the B2B space because customers that don't have a great B2B or wholesale experience um, are getting that from us as a new growth channel. And also because of our integrations, they're also able to turn on easily a B2C experience that maybe they haven't used before without an additional, um, you know, an additional uh, company to deal with, an additional integration, additional management of their system, all in the one system from us. So uh, yeah, that's, that's, I think, one of the ways that we help make it more cost-effective to be on multiple marketplaces. So a single source of truth for all integration is what uh, e-commerce businesses can expect out of Nido. So you mentioned about shipping, packaging, and delivery, and I also came across the fact that uh, Nito provides a very strong fulfillment backbone for e-commerce brands. So uh, in recent years, have you noticed any significant changes as far as fulfillment behavior is concerned? You might know uh, that you know fulfillment is one of the most challenging aspects uh, for e-commerce businesses. So have you noticed any uh, significant trends or changes in the fulfillment behavior as far as e-commerce is concerned? Yeah, quite a bit. So um, it's, it's one of those, at least as being an old timer that I consider myself in e-commerce, it's one of the things that I have changed probably the, the quickest um, mm -hmm. and it needed to be disrupted, I think. Yeah. So we see a lot of, um, you know, in our core areas, we see a lot of options for that are pandemic driven for sure that mm -hmm. are uh, the different flexible ways to fulfill, whether that's click and connect, whether that's uh, click and uh, use a third party non-traditional shipper for fast courier type delivery. Mm -hmm. um, we've also seen, you know, which is not new, but an expansion of services with major marketplaces like eBay and Amazon and others to mm -hmm. enable uh, third-party locations and lockers for ClickUp, for pickup, sorry. Um, one of the interesting things though with that is, is the traditional method of delivery is still far and away the most used by customers. Um, but these options, while, while some of them are gaming traction, they are still about having options so that you can deal with your customers in whatever way they choose to. Um, and it's market perception, but what's, what's actual reality is still predominantly a traditional shipping method that's cost-effective and that doesn't charge a large premium to get the product you know, to your customer. Um, I think one of the other things that we've seen as we, as we expand is really having a, uh, a very wide range of shipping options integrated into the tool. We work up something that we work on constantly. So mm -hmm. making sure that wherever our customers are, whether they're in APAC or the US or Europe, that their local shipping options are integrated into our system. And that, that in uh, that label printing process that's in, uh, in tool with us is robust and supports, you know, wherever they decide to transact in addition to these you know, other shipping options that, that I discussed that are emerging, but are, you know, still much smaller in comparison yeah. to traditional. Yeah, that's, that's an excellent point that you make that most e-commerce businesses are still opting for traditional method of shipping. Uh, 
which is to probably uh, popular shipping carriers. Not only that, they're also still adopting the traditional method for tracking and sharing updates as far as order deliveries are concerned uh, with customers. Although they know that customers panic, uh, they have this buyer anxiety whenever they're placed in order and they do not hear from merchants. Uh, still, they are very slow to yeah. adopt. What are your thoughts on the post-purchase experience? And uh, do you think uh, retailers are paying enough attention to it? No, they're not. <laughs> not even close. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. So there's good, better, and best. So mm -hmm. good is using, you know, the shipping carrier's experience and and not really improving on it. Better is is barely minimum amount to really be competitive. But in any space, there's those groups that are um, that are far exceeding and, and mm -hmm. driving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had an experience just recently with a large, uh, a large company in, in the US that mm -hmm. I bought some items for that I needed for the house where, where it was so, it was generationally behind what is required to do business mm -hmm. in e-commerce, I thought. So with no further communication, no mm -hmm. uh, refining of my order information, no updated tracking, and really no, from a consumer point of view, no thought that I was front of mind for them or that my experience you know, mm -hmm. mattered. And transition that or compare that to an experience where you're almost being over-communicated with. And I think that that good, better, best mentality, so the best in class are the companies that are doing that from a good customer experience perspective, but also realizing that these customer touch points are very valuable. Mm -hmm. So not just from a marketing uh, opportunity, which is key, mm -hmm. but to future um, cost of acquiring a new customer, like retaining right. a customer, mm -hmm. getting a multiple, you know, a customer that's coming back and, and buying multiple items over time, that your true cost to, the, to your company to manage your customers better um, I'm sorry, your cost savings, I should say, are, are massive. Yeah. And um, it's a non-traditional way to look at it, but those are the companies that are going to thrive in this really high-touch e-commerce environment that we're in right now. That's right. Uh, that's exactly what we are passionate about as well, customer retention and uh, extending the lifetime value that you offer to customers. So uh, as a wrap-up, uh, I know you have been in the e-commerce industry for 20 plus years and you also uh, mentioned that you have your own store. What do you think, in your opinion, are going to be significant trends that are going to, you know, push the retailers to adopt a more uh, customer retention-centric mindset? Also, if you have any other trends uh, that are going to, you know, catch fire really soon, uh, please uh, share it with us and our audience. Yeah. So the, the trends are, are interesting. And I'll have to ask you again that last part of, of that question. I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't quite hear that. But it, as far as from trends, so they've, mm -hmm. they've, you know, the consolidation in the industry to me is really quite shocking. Mm -hmm. um, so I see this in a couple of ways. So there's, you know, emerging companies like Pattern uh, and others that, have really emerged and become highly valuable mm -hmm. in that they get exclusivity in their offering for uh, offering brands to manage their entire e-commerce 
experience. So that's brand management. It's the legal side. It's all the fulfillment, and it's especially these really high, um, high impact e-commerce. So Amazon, especially. Yeah. where you've got a consolidated marketplace and the winner in those marketplaces becomes extraordinarily valuable. That's the mm -hmm. high volume, uh, something that we just don't see before. And more and more companies are doing that. Uh, but in that consolidation space, it's really about the winning your customer touch points are just more important than ever. Mm -hmm. um, because e-commerce now is no, it's no longer a, a smaller percentage of overall retail that you kind of need to make sure you've got somebody looking after it in your mm -hmm. business, but we'll get to it later. Mm -hmm. It now is the principal driver. Um, and, and, you know, everyone knows the pandemic has seen that shift, but what we're seeing in our data and our numbers mm -hmm. is proving, I think what you hear, which is the shift, um, the market share shift during the pandemic to e-commerce is not going back. In fact, we're, continuing to see year over year growth over last year's numbers, which are mm -hmm. pandemic numbers, which were incredible. And that's something that's, that's being um, shown across the industry too. So, so yeah, if you're not, if you're not an e-commerce company with a brand, then you just don't know that you are yet. And you're probably being hurt by not realizing that you already are an e-commerce company and you need to manage your entire company that way. Mm -hmm. And that's something with Nito that we feel like our tools really sets companies up um, to do well. And then what was the last part of that question? I apologize. I was going to ask you about what uh, trends uh, in e-commerce in general are going to be, you know, catching fire soon. Do you have any predictions on that? Yeah. So if I, uh, my grumpy old man view of the world uh, mm -hmm. shows itself here and mm -hmm. I've gone kicking and screaming, but the social side of e-commerce, you know, just can't be ignored anymore. And, and yeah. And, you know, there's the social side, I think, that socially we're aware of, but the, the real business side of this is um, the explosion in, in these um, short-term, extremely high-velocity sales opportunities that are trend-driven, that, um, that are influencer-managed. Mm -hmm. And knowing as a business that you need a system that if you have a spike of a 10,000, 20,000% increase in growth over a short period of time, you have to have that built into your infrastructure so that you don't fall over. Um, and the opportunity there again, is, is I mentioned it before, but it applies to this, the good, better, best. Mm -hmm. Those that yeah. are doing the best at this are really thinking about how their marketing impacts um, what their customers find important from a social standpoint um, from a global standpoint and that they've got a, a market, um, a marketing strategy and product strategy that matches what their, who their customers are. It's a long way of saying like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a trend trend that's been going for years where it's less about having a wide range of random products that you can sell because mm -hmm. you're good on price. Uh, consumers, the consumer shift is really more about having this targeted product line that matches your brand message and mm -hmm. that uh, that resonates to um, you know your clients on a social level. I, I sound, I realize that mm -hmm. I I don't sound like an expert saying it, but it's it's such a key thing and it's yeah. it's something that's moved the market so much in the past True. three years. True. Aligning your product line with brand messaging, absolutely. 
So what does the future of NATO looks like <laughs> now that you're here? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, you know, as it's been publicly made known, so yeah. we've been acquired by Myropost, which yeah. is uh, a marketing automation company in Canada. Mm -hmm. Super excited about the opportunities there. And, and I think there's a lot of tie-ins to who we are and have grown up to be as a company and, and the opportunities to build a really exciting integrated suite of products for, for companies. The launch into the North American US market is, is coming soon. So we've already been building up a partner base and initial customers there, uh, which we're getting extremely positive responses from. And I mentioned this earlier, but especially on the B2B and wholesale side, it's where mm -hmm. we shine uh, mm -hmm. compared to our competitors here. And, mm -hmm. and we're really excited about that. And then, you know, we continue, Nito as a company globally has always been able to, and will continue to grow above the market share of e-commerce growth. And uh, we really anticipate that, you know, continuing. And uh, we're just excited to be expanding more into the U.S. For me, it means some more normal uh, working hours instead of uh, mm -hmm. Australian hours in the U.S. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, the system is ready for, for prime time and we're just excited to bring it to more customers and the response rates have been great. Okay, that sounds wonderful. So on that positive note, we are going to call this episode a wrap. Thank you so much, Brian, for coming on our show and uh, spilling some of your time-tested strategies and uh, your thoughts on the future of e-commerce. Thank you so much. Thank you.